Hey, and welcome to 52 Founders, a weekly interview series with tech entrepreneurs that aims to uncover the founder DNA. I'm your host, Chrissy Costa, and for today's inaugural episode, we have James Amable. James is the co-founder and CTO of Union Crate, the easiest way for retailers, distributors, and brands to predict consumer demand and proactively manage supply operations. And with that, it's time to hear from James himself. Let's get started and dive into our first show. So James is the CTO and co-founder of Union Crate. You could start by telling us a little about your company. Union Crate provides transparency, collaboration, and predictive analytics for the supply chain. Uh, the whole, the whole supply, the food service supply chain has been really disconnected, and uh, we kind of allow predictive analytics with a localized area. We take in customer, customer purchases, and we, um, we find out the who, the what, the, the when, the where, and we tell you pretty much why people are buying things at the time they're buying so that you know how to sell your products. Uh, like the producers, distributors, and the retailers didn't have a good like, understanding of why, why products were being sold, so then we kind of hit that space. Oh, great. Thanks. So the main reason behind 52 Founders is trying to uncover the founder's DNA. You know, what gives someone the qualities, what childhood experiences led them to this rather risky um, choice of career? So to start, let's kind of dive into your earlier years. You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I really wanted to do something with art. I was totally into art at the time. Uh, I always took like art accelerated classes. I even went to college for art, but then wanted to switching majors, software engineering. But I just, I don't know. I wanted to be more, I wanted to do something with creativity, but yet, um, like, I can use my hands, really get into something and solve problems, which is why I kind of, like, wanted to be a doctor. I saw, and I really like the body, like, just the anatomy in general. And then, um, yeah. So how did you make the jump from an artist to a software engineer (laughs) in college? Uh, Yeah, I went through first year entirely graphic design and... It, it was fun. I was being creative, but I, I didn't feel like I was really challenging myself. And I'm the type of person that like likes to push, um, or at least like likes to challenge myself. I like to ch- uh, any kind of challenge. I like to grow. And, um, so I was like, okay, maybe I can use my artistic ability to go into like animation or video game design. And then I was like, okay, let's go software engineering as a major, and let's try to minor in graphic design. Uh, and then, unfortunately, software engineering was a lot more demanding, and I didn't have, I couldn't take any electives to get the graphic design minor. So then, I went software engineering with a minor in computer science and mathematics. <laughs> no, I, I like that. It's Total one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since you're the CTO of an IoT company, yeah. uh, and this, you know, you talked about being creative, but did you ever have a technical bent as a kid where you? taking things apart or anything like that, or did you lean more towards your imagination? Um, I mean, I definitely took things apart. I was always, like, messing with, like, different clocks and stuff like that, but that was mainly because I liked, like, putting it back together, you start to understand, like, how things are built and why they're built that way. And I really, like, even before that, I was really into Legos. 
I mean, I'm still into Legos. That's <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, like, I started out with Legos, and I started doing, they started making, like, connects that had uh, motors in them. And, I remember those. And I started messing with those, and then I just got into opening up, like, clocks and different things, and um, then I got, like, I was just curious about how video games were made, and that's why I, I, after doing the graphic design, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, really liking video games. Let me try and get into that. Were you a big video gamer as a kid? <laughs> so I'm a middle child, so my older brother is the was the video game guy, and I was the one sitting there watching because he wouldn't let me play. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I liked video games. I don't really have much time for them now, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, interesting you bring up your older brother. What does he? Did he ever end up going towards an entrepreneurial route? No, not at all. And um, me and my brother are very different in that way. Um, I. I don't know. I always felt like the older brother. So like right now, I've been going through this process, and I've actually convinced him to go through it too. And he started the same way I told him I started. And so it's actually like really cool what he's doing now. Uh, what process do you mean? From Techstars or? Um, well, that goes into like how I met my co-founder and stuff like that. Great. That actually was uh, my <laughs> next question was, right, how did you meet your co-founder? So what I, I was doing, uh, I was working in the finance industry. And um, I was working for a financial trading platform, and we provided the software as a service kind of thing. And um, it was awesome at first, then I really hated it, so then it got really corporate, and I felt I needed to change. Again, I felt like I wasn't challenging myself. So I went to a thing called Startup Weekend that um, I'm pretty sure Techstars sponsors. And so he was the first person I met at Startup Weekend. I walked in, I actually thought he worked there. It was at the same place I'm doing Techstars now. And, um, yeah, we kind of hit it off. We started talking, like, right there. And then um, Startup Weekend, you kind of break off into many companies. And we were on the same one. It had nothing to do with Unicrate. But um, he had tried to pitch me Unicrate at the time, and I wasn't interested. And I wanted to see what the weekend did. We went through the whole weekend. Everything was awesome. And about a week, maybe two weeks after that, he, he called me up and was like, hey, I like what you did as the, on the software side of the mini company you did. It's our weekend. You want to meet up and um, you can hear about what I'm doing. And I was like, sure, why not? I figured, like, what do I have to lose? And so um, he pitched to me Unicrate. And again, I was, like, bored doing what I was doing. So I was like, why not? Whatever it is, I can learn from it. So um, why not take on the challenge, see what happens? And... Um, who knows? Maybe out of like blind luck, something will come of it. And that's that's how I started into Unicrate and meeting uh, Sastry. He actually, um, so we originally had three co-founders, and I met Sastry, who's the CEO, and um, he introduced me to the third co-founder. That um, he was more on the hardware side, Sastry was the business side, and I would be the software side. So mm-hmm. it was like a good tripod kind of thing. And now, did you think about, since you attended Startup Weekend, was that, did you think about entrepreneurship before that, or was that really the first time you thought you would be an entrepreneur? I don't know. I mean, I, that the idea was always there. Uh, when I was, like, really little, I was always selling things. Um, like, some people had lemonade shops, but I was, uh, again, I was, like, the artistic side, so I would sell my drawings for a dollar. And I got into, who was your customer? <laughs> well, actually, before that, I was selling my my half my lunches because my mom made like such great lunches. 
So I would be selling off half my lunches, and then I wound up selling my drawings, and this was like middle school. I was selling my drawings for a dollar a piece, and people were buying them, so much so that like parents would start getting, <laughs> my, my parents were getting calls from their parents about like why their son is asking for money to pay for my drawings. But um, Do I want to know what they were asked? They were all, all like all different kinds of things, like things I saw in magazines, things, uh, um, things like I came up in my head. I don't know. It's just, but people kept buying. Them. I don't know. And then I started selling. Uh, then like those like mini skateboards, the finger skateboards, were like really in at the time. And I wound up folding up a piece of paper and bending the edges into like a kind of a skateboard. And people could actually do tricks with them. I don't know why. And so I started selling those because I would draw on them and make them look like a little skateboard. And I started selling those. And then... After, I don't, how old were you at this point? This was all middle school. I mean, before that, when I was selling my lunches, it was probably elementary school. <laughs> and then it was middle school. And then, like, high school, I didn't really do much. Um, I always, like, didn't have time. And then, and then when I went to Startup Weekend, I was like, it's kind of funny how... I didn't do anything for all those years in between, but in the beginning, I was like really wanting to start or sell things, start something, and um, I was really, really glad I did start a weekend. Definitely changed my life. Well, and then, so it's funny though that you say you know most founders you see from a technical point of view don't may not necessarily have that skill set of sales. So, what do you think your CEO brings to the table, and what were you looking for? Did you not really overthink it? You just kind of met and it flowed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like, so in my previous company, I was doing all technical work and I worked on the whole thing, but then they, they saw that I was, I could be client facing at the same time. So I started doing pre-sales for them, um, right before switching. And then when I met Sastry, um, you know, he's just like one of those guys that really has a big vision and he has, um, his background is kind of, um, cool too. He, um, didn't. He never really worked at another company and always uh, started to stuff himself. He had his own like nightclub for two years. He had his own um, fast casual restaurant. He still has his own tea brand. And uh, now he's doing Union Crate. And he was just, I don't know. He Even though I had kind of like a front-facing aspect of what, what I do, I didn't, um, I saw that he had like a lot of vision, a lot of things that a good CEO would have. And, you know, I, I follow, I, I don't know, I kind of just saw him take charge on this and it flowed naturally. So obviously, you know, you're an outgoing guy considering how we met at the conference <laughs> as well. Um, do you find that that's pertinent at all for your job being on the technical side? Um, or do you end up acting more like an introvert at work? Uh, so I think it's, I definitely have to be that, um, not so introverted, extroverted, mainly because um, I try to really find people in the company to have to fit our culture, and we want to be a very like fun, casual, outgoing, hardworking kind of company. And um, so it's like a good thing that I have like an extroverted personality because I'd rather be engaged with the company, so my team like knows what's going on, knows like when to do things, how to do things, but yet still have fun, and that's why. We wanted to make a, a company that people like wanted to go to work to, and um, that's actually like what 
I try to continue to do with the company and have just be really talkative, collaborate really well. Do you think that helps with hiring? Just the fun aspect or people really, is it really more mission driven? Um, I think it's a little bit both. It's definitely mission driven, but um, I find that when I go through interviews and I kind of express this non or this like casual um, work environment and um, just like a fun place to work, uh, people tend to want to work there. That's why I I started out that way, and I keep getting responses as to like, oh, I can't wait to to like, hopefully I. I you guys accept me. Hopefully I get in. It would be awesome working there. So it definitely helps with hiring, but um, it's just the overall mission I think we're trying to do. So coming to Shaw Street, you had a job already since you were at Startup Weekend. So what was the tipping point to make you finally leave to join Union Crate? Um, the tipping point was Techstars. Uh, once we got into Techstars in general, um, I really felt like we had something. I mean, I, I, I felt that way before, but, you know, it's always, like, up in the air. Um, and I need to be financially secure before I make the leap. And um, once we got into Techstars, I felt that it was just a, a good timing, especially because at the time my company uh, was not doing too hot. And um, so it kind of, like really worked out perfectly. We got into Techstars maybe a, a couple of like a couple of weeks after that's when I quit. And um, yeah. So speaking of Techstars, did you ever, you know, why did you guys decide to apply to the program? Was it just the prestige or were you looking for, you know, why not try bootstrapping, for example? Um, Techstars was all Sashi's idea. Uh, another again, he's he's got the big vision, so he's the one who looked it up. He did all the research. And to me, I had no idea what Techstars was. Again, I'm, I was like pretty new to the whole entrepreneurship um, situation since I was younger. I, like after that, I didn't do anything. And um, so I don't know. He, he kind of just brought it up. was like, oh, let's do Techstars. It's like one of the best accelerators in the world. And um, I think we could really move fast with them. Anything we can do in like what would normally take us like a year or something like that, they can really help us grind it out in a matter of months. And I was like, perfect. That sounds like not only something that's better for the company, but it sounds challenging to me. So I felt it was definitely the best approach to go. So you've mentioned a few times this, this challenging to you idea. Um, how else, when you were younger, did you really try to challenge yourself? Was it academically? Did you ever think about, you know, did you have a pretty standard view of education or did you ever think about not going to college or anything like that? Or did you find challenges outside of school? Uh, both. <laughs> I was one of the guys that kind of like learned things the hard way every time. Um, I always say the difference between knowledge and wisdom is the experience that you have. So unless you experience it yourself, you're not going to be as wise as like people that know things. Like the stove is hot and people, people tell you not to touch it. So most people wouldn't just not touch it because they're told that. But they're just smarter that way. For me, touching it and actually experience what's hot <laughs> makes me like a little bit wiser, at least in my mind. <laughs> sure, <laughs> your, your parents love that growing up. <laughs> yeah, so um, I always challenge myself outside sports, um, just doing anything outside. Um, and then when it came to school, I always try to take AP classes. Um, I got a lot of, I don't know, I was always 
in honor society and Hispanic honor society. I did a, a lot of things. Do you think anything, any extracurriculars in particular really resonate with you now as an entrepreneur? Any themes you see between, you know, say, for example, sports and now team building, things like that? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that, that brings up a good point. Um, I actually never thought of it that way. But now, now you say that, it really, I guess it really made, does make sense. I was always, always into sports. My whole family was. Um, and it kind of teaches you a, a like team camaraderie type deal. And it, it also, there's like a matter of discipline when it comes to doing sports or anything athletic in general. And now I can, I really understand like the whole team unity and how being part of something that is a team is, is makes things flow a lot better and makes everybody be on the same page. And it's definitely exactly what I'm trying to do for Union Crate as well. So if you were meeting other entrepreneurs, what advice would you give them if they haven't started anything? And how do you think you would, what qualities do you think make a successful entrepreneur? Um, that's tough. Uh, I'd, I'd say, so it's funny you say that mainly because, again, I told you that I convinced my brother to do it. So he hasn't really like started it. He just finished Startup Weekend and he's coming mm -hmm. up with something on the side. So um, I, he tries to go to me for, for that so what I tell them is like to have a focus. It's awesome to have like a really big idea and it's good to think like in the future, but like see what you can get done now and try to solve problems now and then like you can grow onto that. And um, So going back to your disciplined approach. Yeah, mainly because like that was one of our problems in the beginning. We kind of, everything was growing so fast. We were kind of blindly grabbing at any big idea and trying to make it even like bigger and we couldn't even... I couldn't develop fast enough to catch up. So the best route was to actually have a foundation and tackle one problem. I mean, sure, we might say we, we, we would do, you know, X, Y, and Z, but um, as long as we had like X and then we build on Y and then build on Z, I mean, it takes time and, and um, just dedication. You always have, yeah, that's another thing. You have to like want it. You gotta, you gotta like be willing to like live and breathe your company. And like for me, I tell everybody coming into the interview, this is not a nine to five job. Uh, I'm not trying to scare them at all, but it's something um, I want to succeed. So I'm going to spend, or I spend at least 12 hours a day, every day working on it. And um, yeah, you just got to want it and you got to, you got to like it. You got to really have a passion for what you're doing. And even for me, I didn't, I wasn't like all about the software. I mean, uh, the food service industry, but um, working with a team, working with, people that have that motivation aspiration makes you kind of mirror that and that's one of the things I like about it the fact that I was uh, working with an awesome team and the, it, they had the vision I wanted to give me the vision I now I just love what I'm working on I like that I, I think it's uh, resonating to surround yourself with people you think are inspiring or hopefully better than you to constantly <laughs> push you forward yeah um, so finally I just have a few fun questions um, sure. So what products are you a big advocate for? Like, what, do you, what are you addicted to? What do you think has really changed your life? Like what do you mean products? Um, you know, any apps. It could be a physical product. Any companies you find that are really like that you use, you're a big power user of. Other than Snapchat. <laughs> um, like social media? Uh, really anything. I don't know. 
I, I try not to be too, like, I'm coding and working so hard on the technical aspect that I try not to be so technically dependent on something <laughs> or some kind of software. Okay, one I can't live without is definitely Spotify. Probably the $10 a month, the best $10 I spend a month. And um, I'm a big advocate of that. I try to tell everybody who doesn't have Spotify to jump on Spotify. To get the Spotify premium. It's so much worth it. Yeah. yeah. But Spotify, I love Spotify. I'm on Snapchat, Instagram. And um, I don't really go on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook all the time. Mm. But um, but no other apps you use to... Not really. I, I don't do any like the sports apps. Mm. I don't do... Um, I'm not, maybe, I guess YouTube when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and I guess my last two would be, the first one, is, what is a book you recommend? Either startup related, uh, non-startup related. Um, one that really maybe changed your life or just kind of one that you really like to read. Well, I'm currently reading Starts With Why. It's a good book. Um, I read Rework, which is another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that. Um, there's another one I'm trying to remember the name, but yeah, I don't know. I try to read books like that. It's, it's definitely help. I, I like them. I don't know. Some people like fiction. Um, again, it, I feel like if I can uh, better myself, it's <laughs> good. Keep thing. pushing it forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they're interesting hearing uh, other, other startups and hearing what they went through. Definitely. I mean, obviously I think so as well. <laughs> um, and so if you could interview one founder, who would you most want to interview? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Probably the founder of of 3M, maybe. I don't know. Really? Why? I don't know. 3M's like all over the place. It's like a big company, and I, th- I think they started from nothing. I, I read about them, too, and um, I'm just really interested in on how they grew so fast. Or maybe Walt Disney. Him, too. These are both surprising. I would have thought you would uh, lean towards newer tech, but I, I like that. No, I mean, after reading the books, you kind of understand how they really had nothing to go off of, Mm -hmm. and they went through a lot more challenges than, I mean, I don't want to say, like, people now, but I feel like now, like, with software and technology in general has advanced so much, it's so much easier, and you have so much support at being an entrepreneur, right? which is awesome, don't get me wrong. But and they, you have your accelerator. Yeah, but <laughs> they didn't have any accelerators back then. They didn't have, like, if you were starting something, the people thought you were crazy. And they went through all that from nothing, and they turned out to be these, like, gigantic companies that are still around today. Yeah, so basically the dedication and conviction you need. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thanks so much uh, for being my first interview. Thank you. All right, thanks, <laughs> All right, and thanks for listening to the first ever episode of 52 Founders. Be sure to check out 52founders.com and follow at 52founders on Twitter to stay up to date. I'm your host, Chrissy Costa, and I'll see you next week for another episode.